Consequently, you've been giving yourself the unusual pleasure of doing something I shouldn't approve of. She met this with an almost solemn directness. No, she said, you won't approve of it. I've allowed for that. Ah, he exclaimed, setting down his liqueur glass. You've worked out the whole problem, eh? I believe so. That's uncommonly interesting. And what is it? She looked at him quietly. A baby. If it was seldom given her to surprise him, she had attained the distinction for once. A baby? Yes. A human baby? Of course, she cried, with the virtuous resentment of the woman who has never allowed dogs in the house. Lethbury's puzzled stare broke into a fresh smile. A baby I shan't approve of? Well, in the abstract, I don't think much of them, I admit. Is this an abstract baby? Again she frowned at the adjective, but she had reached a pitch of exaltation at which such obstacles could not deter her. It's the loveliest baby, she murmured. Ah, then it's concrete. It exists. In this harsh world, it draws its breath in pain. It's the healthiest child I ever saw, she indignantly corrected. You've seen it, then? Again the accusing blush suffused her. Yes, I've seen it. And to whom does the paragon belong? And here, indeed, she confounded him. To me, I hope, she declared. He pushed his chair back with an articulate murmur. To you? To us, she corrected. Good Lord, he said. If there had been the least hint of hallucination in her transparent gaze. But no, it was as clear, as shallow, as easily fathomable as when he had first suffered the sharp surprise of striking bottom in it. It occurred to him that perhaps she was trying to be funny. He knew that there is nothing more cryptic than the humor of the unhumorous. Is it a joke? he faltered. Oh, I hope not. I want it so much to be a reality. He paused to smile at the limitations of a world in which jokes were not realities, and continued gently. But, since it is one already, to us, I mean, to you and me, I want... Her voice wavered, and her eyes with it. I have always wanted so dreadfully... It has been such a disappointment, not to... I see, said Lethbury slowly. But he had not seen before. It seemed curious now that he had never thought of her taking it in that way, had never surmised any hidden depths beneath her outspread obviousness. He felt as though he had touched a secret spring in her mind. There was a moment's silence moist and tremulous on her part, awkward and slightly irritated on his. "'You've been lonely, I suppose,' he began. It was odd, having suddenly to reckon with the stranger who gazed at him out of her trivial eyes. "'At times,' she said. "'I'm sorry.' Oh, "'It was not your fault. A man has so many occupations, and women who are clever, or very handsome, I suppose that's an occupation, too. Sometimes I felt 
that when dinner was ordered I had nothing to do till the next day. Oh, he groaned. It wasn't your fault, she insisted. I never told you, but when I chose that rosebud paper for the front room upstairs, I always thought— Well? It would be such a pretty paper for a baby to wake up in. That was years ago, of course, but it was rather an expensive paper, and it hasn't faded in the least. She broke off incoherently. It hasn't faded? No, and so I thought, oh, as we don't use the room for anything, now that Aunt Sophronia is dead, I thought I might. You might. Oh, Julian, if you could only have seen it just waking up in its crib. Seen what? Where?